Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. I am Levi Bimba, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the lies that lead to irreversible damage. So there's a verse in the Bible that kind of reveals a starking reality, a stark reality that takes place within every one of our lives, hopefully not in the ultimate sense. But Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So I think self-deception self is the ultimate form of uh, self-destruction because you are going down a path that you think is right, that is good, that feels right to you. It feels like this is the right option for you. And all of a sudden, before, I mean, by the time it's too late, it's, a, it's a, just a path of destruction, a path of, of emptiness, and even a, a path that may lead to your own, your own death. And so we have to remember that we are living in a world where God has determined what is right, what is good, what is uh, holy, what is just. And those are the things we should be looking to. We should never look in inwardly to find those things. We should be looking outwardly and outwardly to God and to his word that he's revealed to us. God is the one who created us. He created us in the beginning, Genesis 1, uh, 26 to 27. In verse 31, he sa it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And Deuteronomy 32, 4 also says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. So what God created is good and perfect. And that, begin that begins with male and female. God made two sexes, two distinct uh, human beings that were made for the procreation and the propagation of people and of his truth as we pass it down to the next generation. But right now, there is an all-out assault on the next generation regarding this very concept of male and female in the form of transgender ideology that is really infiltrating every single aspect of American life. Even the places that you probably thought were off limits to, to this kind of thinking is being, it's, it's already been infected. It's, it's, it's already happening within uh, the medical apparatus. And we'll get to that in, in a second. But we have to remember whenever we're arguing on the basis of what is true and what is right, we have to remember the one who is the truth. Jesus is himself said in, in uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And there is no way to argue for truth, for righteousness, for holiness apart from Jesus Christ, because he is the embodiment of it. He is truth itself. He is life itself. He is the way himself. And Jesus, who was the truth, affirmed uh, the male and female creation of God in Matthew 19, 4, where he said, have you not read? Like, isn't this obvious to you? This is what God has already revealed. This should be this should be obvious that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Again, God made us male and female, and part of our identity, really our, our foundational identity, is our sexual identity as far as our, our genitalia. God made male, uh, God made uh, female to create a, a union of a husband and wife bringing children into the world. That is the original standard that God has set down, and that is still the standard for today. One man, one woman uh, for life. Even laws in the Old Testament affirmed that what God uh, created in Genesis 1 was supposed, was supposed to continue even in clothing. Deuteronomy 22, 5 uh, says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So if, God is a, God, if, if it's an abomination to God for a woman to put on a man's clothing and a man to put on a woman's clothing, that, that should show you that it's even worse of an abomination for a male to desecrate and to castrate himself to try to become a woman and a woman to uh, to castrate herself and her body parts to try to make herself more into a man that should show you that it is detestable to god for us to 
allow uh, and even promote and propagate and, and think that this is good for people to desecrate the bodies that God has given them for the sake of trying to transform into the opposite sex, which is something that is virtual that is literally impossible to do because God had already, has already defined the limits in the genes that he has created us with. But we have to remember that the world hates hearing anything that is true because, like I said earlier, the truth is in Jesus Christ and the world hates Jesus as he has told us himself. But there's a, a couple of verses in the Old Testament in Proverbs 29, 27. It says, an unjust man is an abomination to the just and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. And we'll see that in the article that I, that I recently read. And it shows you how when people are doing what is right or even trying to promote something that is good or even questioning something that is that is a bad thing. Uh, and they may not be totally against it, but they're just questioning it to see, you know, is this really a safe thing to do? They will be vilified. They will be hated by those who are seeking to uphold this evil uh, reality. Proverbs 12, 5, it also says the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. That goes back again to, to that verse I read earlier, Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So the, the thoughts of the wicked, the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceived. When people are that are wicked are counseling you to to do things that are quote unquote um, good for you or good for your emotional health or good for your own well being, to and to and telling you to disregard any other opinion, they're most likely deceiving you because they themselves are deceived and want you to be uh, within the camp that they are in for their own purposes, not for your own benefit. And we'll see that as it, as it pertains to children now that are being completely just uh, run over and deceived and being tricked and being completely um, affirmed in their uh, in their sexual identity. Uh, John eight forty and verses 44 to 45, Jesus says, but now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. Ye are of your father, the devil. He abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of it. This battle of telling the truth and, and versus the lies, people that love lies will hate the truth and people that love the truth will hate lies and what, no matter what form that, that they are in. Uh, and that's why as Christians, we should be people of the truth. We should be people who are wanting to propagate what is true based on what the word of God tells us and based on what Jesus himself and who, who Jesus himself is, which is the truth. So anything that is true, we should love. We should uh, crave to, to have within our minds and it should be part of it should become a part of who we are. Because um, that is who Jesus is. And if we love Jesus and we love God, then we should love the truth in whatever form that it is, even if it's a form that we don't like particularly. And so this brings us to the article that I read about this book that was written by Abigail Schreier, who's a freelance journalist. And she writes about culture, law, politics and technology. She's written for The Wall Street Journal and uh, National Review, Real Clear Politics, Federalist, all these uh, uh, nationally recognized publications. But she wrote a book called Irreversible Damage, and it talks about how the transgender affirmation has gone completely um, just full throttled in support of affirming young children who say that they are the opposite sex of who they are. And this this affirmation has happened via social media and their peer groups and even leading the entire medical apparatus to affirm what is going on uh, in, the, in the life of this child and acquiesce to their own self-identification uh, in regards to their sexual identity. Um, but we have to remember that children are young and even in uh, as cute and cuddly as they are, as cute and, as cute and cuddly as my son is, he's one year old, the Bible calls them in Psalm 58, 3, that the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking 
lies. So we as the adults, we as the parents need to tell our children how to tell the truth and why to tell the truth and why the truth is important. Because the Bible does say all liars will have their part in a lake of fire. And that's the ultimate destiny of all liars who refuse to repent and put their trust in Christ. They, their, their ultimate destiny is a lake of fire that will never cease to, to burn and to, and to create conscious torment for them for all of eternity. And so we have to remember that children come into the world fallen. They come into the world speaking lies. They, speaking lies. they come into the world estranged from the womb and don't desire to tell the truth. And, and they will want us to affirm them in their lies as what is going on with this transgender craze going on right now. Another verse, Jeremiah 9, 3 and 5, it says they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil and they know not me, saith the Lord. So all those people who do not know the Lord, these are the people that they bend their bow, uh, they bend their tongues like a bow for lies and they're not valiant for the truth. They go just from evil to evil to evil because they're all wrapped up in deception and lies. And... Uh, uh, the Lord says, continues in this verse, it says, they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies through deceit. They refuse to know me. So this is something that is a, uh, a learned behavior, while it's also a natural behavior, because, because naturally we're fallen and we naturally want to tell lies, but we, we, we become better at telling lies. The older we get, the more uh, crafty we become in our, in our sinful nature unless we become born again and, 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 and trust in Christ. And now we desire to speak the truth and speak the truth in love. But naturally, deceit, trickery and, and lies and deception and all kinds of things that take place will continue to take place uh, because of the natural state of men and women, even children who are going along with the lies that these uh, unregenerate adults are telling them. And there, that's why there's a problem with peer groups. Uh, even the, in the Bible, it says it's Exodus 23, verse two. It says thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. So if, of all this group of people, no matter how loving, how caring, how how seemingly uh, compassionate they are for you, if they are going to do something that is evil, then you must not go with them. You must uh, separate yourself from them. And that's that's the caution of why, as parents, we need to be involved in telling our children what is right, what is good, what is pure, what is holy. We ourselves need to know it. And the only way we can know it is through reading the word of God, ingesting it, meditating on it and applying it to every situation that we find uh, ourselves in. That, which is why in Deuteronomy six, it tells parents that you need, you need to be talking about the law of God. And when you wake up, when you when you. Uh, lie down when you are walking in the way, when you're just going about your life, when you're driving in the car, when you're at a when you're at a game, when you're watching TV, whatever you're doing with your children, you need to be talking about the law of God constantly because the world is going to assault them from every direction, as we will see in just in just a second. Proverbs thirteen twenty it says, He that walketh walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. There again it tells us that peer groups really matter. Peer groups really tell you who uh, who who you will become, and what you what will happen to you, uh, which is why it's important for children to be amongst wise people, wise older people. I'm thankful that I had wise older people in my life guiding me in a way that was right and good, and and that actually loved me and told me things I didn't want to hear a lot of the time because they wanted the best for me. They wanted me to to grow up to become a man that, that was actually mature and and could think for himself and provide for his family and and honor God in what I did. And I'm thankful that without them, I would have been part of this companion of fools that would have maybe been destroyed long ago. And uh, so this article talks about, um, written by Neil Shenby, he's a Christian apologist. He wrote a, re a review of her book, 
Um, and it's a very, very shocking review when you read it and you realize what uh, what is going on as far as the, the, the satanic assault really on children and the lives of children. It's like the, if the devil can't kill them through abortion, then he's just going to completely corrupt the children and cause them to not be being able to function in a society where they can realize who they are at the most basic level of their identity, which is male or female, as God has established in Genesis one. So the article is titled Affirming Ourselves to Death, a review of Shire's irreversible damage. And it starts out by saying, do we want to be loving? Or do we want to be perceived as loving when our beliefs about what is right force us to push against the culture? What will we do? Will we follow the evidence and consider our alternative hypotheses, even if we see them heading in an unpopular direction? And that is a scary thing to think about when most of the culture is going towards a place where they are affirming things that are evil in the eyes of God. Even as there was a recent uh, a popular uh, conservative uh, uh, a popular gay conservative came out with his husband talking about how they are getting ready to have twins. And there's there was a, a lot of conservative publications and people that congratulated them, and a lot of people were taken aback by that and saying, "Well, if you are if you guys are truly conservatives, then why are you why are you affirming this gay lifestyle? Why are you why are you praising something that God has condemned?" And we have to remember that conservative American uh, political conservative Americans that don't put their trust in Christ are really in league with the left that they claim to be fighting against because they ultimately don't have a firm grasp of who the truth is, which is the truth is in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And as long as you are not following Christ, you are willing to compromise for the sake of the greater goal, which is really saving America, quote unquote, which is not something that we as Christians should be fighting to do is to save America. What we should be fighting to do is fighting for what is true, fighting for what is right, fighting for the law of God and everything else comes second. Our identities, our, our, our money, our comfort, all of those things should come second to fighting for what is true, contending earnestly for the faith, as Jude says in his in his in his epistle. But the article continues and it says these questions should haunt anyone who reads Abigail Shry's Irreversible Damage and encounters story after story of troubled teenage girls who embrace transgender ideology, pursuing a course of social transitioning, hormone therapy, and even surgery. Many of these narratives follow a similar pattern, a normal girl a normal girlhood with little discomfort, an awkward adolescence, difficulty making friends, the, the discovery of, on, of the online trans community, the announcement of a non-binary gender identity, increasing mental health problems, anger and misery, collapsing grades, and alienation from family, which is ultimately the, the end goal of what these people are trying to do, is trying to separate people, uh, especially children, from their parents. Some of the stories lead to total estrangement. Others have happier endings. But all of them embody a parent's worst nightmare, a child falling deeper and deeper into chaos in spite of the desperate efforts of her family. And this is why uh, it's so important that you I think this is where I think the local church comes in, where your child, where your child is surrounded by people who think like you and not really just think like you, but think biblically, which hopefully you are, you and I are also thinking biblically. So when we associate ourselves with other people that think biblically, we tend to think more biblically about everything. Which is an amazing thing because our church is actually getting ready to go through a book written by, or at least uh, edited by John MacArthur and the staff at uh, the Masters University in California. And they wrote a book called Think Biblically. And it's about several different topics uh, in the world that uh, we ought to be thinking biblically about, which is why it's so important to be a part of a community where the word of God is preached, where the gospel is honored, where the scripture is the supreme authority and it, and it, and it, and it dominates the thinking and the conversation of those within the church because when you have that kind of uh, community your children will grow up in that kind of community and they will be able to think biblically and not be deceived by the lies of the world 
And so the article continues and it says the typical response to these stories is to suggest that the child lacked affirmation in a supportive environment. Yet the parents interviewed by Schreier make it difficult to sustain this claim. The majority of them were progressives who went along with the affirmation only mandate of therapists and medical professionals. One set of parents was a lesbian couple. Another mom was a leader in PFLAG, the first and largest organization for LGBTQ plus people, according to their website. None of them seem to have had moral or religious objections to transgender, and Schreier repeatedly states that she has no objections to adults transitioning, which again is not the right biblical response. The right biblical response is that if it's a lie for children, and it's devastating for children, then it's devastating for adults because it's the same lie that would lead to death. It's the same way that seems right into a man, but that leads to death. So whether they're a child or an adult, it doesn't matter. If it's a lie, it's a lie, and that's something that ought not to be affirmed. Uh, so um, Shenby continues and he says, what Schreier and all of these parents have in common is a concern over the way in which gender transition in children is being affirmed, normalized and lionized within our culture. We're told that teenagers, elementary school schoolers and even kindergartners just know they are trans. But are sh but are we sure that's the whole story? One of the researchers who openly questions this claim is Dr. Lisa Lippman, whose peer-reviewed Plus One article on rapid onset gender, rapid onset gender dysphoria, ROGD, created tremendous controversy when it was first published in 2018. Dr. Lippman was trying to understand why countries across, quote, across the Western world were reporting a sudden spike in gender dysphoria, the medical condition associated with a social designation transgender, between 2016 and 2017, the number of gender surgeries for natal females in the U.S. quadrupled. In 2018, the U.K. reported a 4,400% rise over the previous decade in teenage gender treatments, end quote. Dr. Lippman investigated this phenomenon by interviewing hundreds of parents, 85% of whom identified as supporting LGBTQ rights. So again, this is where the support of this kind of behavior leads you, because this kind of uh, one sin lead really needs leads to the next. It's not a we're going to support the sin and then stop here. Sin is never satisfied. It needs more. It needs it craves more. And supporting LGBTQ has led now to children being indoctrinated into this camp of LGBTQ. And now we're teaching children to question who God has created them in their natural state as male and female. And now we're telling them that God was wrong. No, God didn't know what, God didn't know what He was doing. You have the right to question God. You have the right to even change what God has established as right and good, because you are now more important than God. You are, you are now worth more uh, than God, and, and your opinion matters more than God's word himself, God's word itself. But Schreier writes, he said, uh, Schreier writes, and she says, two patterns stood out. First, the clear majority, 65% of the adolescent girls who had discovered transgender identity in adolescence out of the blue had done so after a period of prolonged social media immersion. Second, the prevalence of transgender identification within some of the girls' friend groups was more than 70 times the expected rate. The atypical nature of this dysphoria occurring in adolescence with no childhood history of it nudged Dr. Lippmann towards a hypothesis everyone else had overlooked, peer contagion. And there's a verse in the Bible that actually talks about this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, I believe, if I can find it here very quickly. Where it says, yeah, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Or as some later translations say, bad, bad company corrupts good morals. So we shouldn't think that just our, our, we, our children who are hanging around people that are not Christian, that are not, uh, have, a, have a biblical worldview, 
We shouldn't think that they won't be influenced by the world even more so, even if we are teaching them doctrine, teaching them truth, because the Bible itself says, don't be deceived. Don't 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 trick yourself into thinking that it's OK for my children to be around these other kids because I'm teaching them truth at home or teaching them truth at church. I think it matters who your children spend their time with, regardless of how much you're being put you're putting into them at home, because when you are with a bad group of people, that bad group of people will influence you for evil. And this was written to Christians, so people who are born again, who know the truth who love to do what is right are still going to be uh, influenced by evil communications, bad company. And we have to guard ourselves against that bad, com that bad company. And that includes online companies, social media, and the things that we consume online as well. So the article continues and it says, in other words, Dr. Lippmann suggested that at least some of these girls were caught up in what amounts to a cultural fad, albeit one with far more serious implications than Justin Bieber or Pokemon. And this is why we need to be adults, as the Bible says, don't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We need to be established, secure, secure in what we believe and why we believe it. Because if we don't know why we believe something, then it's going to be easier for us to be uh, drift. For, it's going to be easier for us to be uh, to de be deceived into false doctrine, false teaching that leads us astray from the truth. The article continues and it says, but, the, but is there any reason to think that there might be cultural pressures pushing adolescents toward transgender identification? Answering that question requires us to dive deeper into the worlds of YouTube influencers, therapists, and school administrators, all of whom, Shria argues, are contributing, to are contributing in various ways to the transgender phenomenon. So you, if you think this is just a bunch of kids that are finding other kids online and then they're giving, them, they're giving each other bad advice, think again. Because this is dealing with full-blown, grown adults who are in positions of power and leadership and influence on your, on your children and my children. That they, this is where that, that they are they're using their power, using their intelligence, using their their um, ability to deceive and lie uh, and are influence ch influencing children for the sake of their own evil, uh, uh, their own evil ends, which in their right in their minds is just the right end. And they think the parents are the ones that are, that are getting in the way of allowing their, ch their children to experience life in the truest sense. So here's a quote. I want you to know that it's okay to walk away from unsupportive or disrespectful or even abusive parents. I want to give you hope that you can find what we call your glitter family, your queer family. We are out there and the relationships that we make in our glitter families are just as real, just as meaningful as our blood families. These are the chilling words of 35 year old transgender cyclist Rachel McKinnon from a YouTube video posted on Mother's Day 2017. In her research, Schreier discovered an entire online community community dedicated to encouraging, instructing, and guiding youth who are exploring whether they are transgender. She lists several mantras she heard repeated by numerous popular figures. So there's, there's an, a, whole, a whole group of people online that are dedicated to deceiving your children, deceiving children into thinking that if they are a boy, then that they need to be a girl, or if they're a girl, they need to be a boy, or if they're, or if they're a boy or a girl, they need to be some, something else, something of the other trillions of genders that are now out there. And they, they are dedicated to indoctrinating your children in lies because, again, Jesus said that if you are not in him, if you're, if you're not abiding in him, you are of the father, you're de the devil. And he is the master of lies. He's a master of deception. When he speaks a lie, he speaks, he speaks of his own nature. He speaks of who he is. He is a liar and the father of lies. And so when you have the father of lies who's passing lies down to his children, his children are then going to do the same exact thing manufacture lies that then in turn uh, indoctrinate the children that are already naturally easily deceived and want to deceive and now they're being encouraged to deceive and to continue in that behavior as they get older and older 
So here were some of the quotes that you, you would find online by these popular figures. If you think you might be trans, you are. Trying out trans breast binders are a great way to start. Testosterone or tea is amazing. It, it may just solve all of your problems. If your parents loved you, they would support your trans identity. If you're not supported in your trans identity, you'll probably kill yourself. Deceiving parents and doctors is justified if it helps transition. You don't have to identify as the opposite sex to be trans. So this is just a, a bunch of confusion, a bunch of evil, and a bunch of really deception that's going on, which makes you think of how the serpent came to Eve and said, did God really say you would die? Did God really mean that you wouldn't, uh, that, you, that you shouldn't touch the fruit or eat of the fruit? No, God didn't. God was wrong. God, God was wrong. God said, God doesn't want you to be like him. So if you eat the fruit, you'll become like God and you'll be able to be just like him and, and, and power and authority. And you'll have all your, your selfish uh, desires fulfilled if you do, if you just ignore what God has said and do your own thing. And this is exactly what these people are doing with these quotes, telling them that your, if your parents love you, you, they would support you. you. You'll probably kill yourself. You don't become transgender. All these kinds of lies that the world tells all lead to death because that's all the devil can do. He came to kill, to steal, to destroy. And this is exactly what he's doing to children with these lies of a sexual identity. So the, uh, the article continues and it says that anyone who has raised or has been a teenager, teenager knows that they can be emotional, impulsive, and careless. For that reason, both legally and practically, we limit their agency and set boundaries. So we don't let a 10-year-old drive and I can let my one-year-old son get behind the wheel of my car and drive me to the store because we know that he's, we're not going to get very far or at worst, we're, we're going to end up dead. Unfortunately, with regard to the subject of gender identity, we seem to have abandoned these guardrails. For example, this is going on in the schools, and this is what's really scary, which is why we need to be paying attention and, 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 and being aware of what is going on in the world. Because if we're not, then we're going to be wondering why our children are being so deceived and so and coming back at us with such vitriol and hatred because they're injecting and, and, and imbibing the ways of the world. So the article says, for example, schools have often have explicit policies in place that affirm a student's gender identity without the parent's consent or even knowledge. Gender and sex education starts as early as kindergarten. In 2019, California drafted a health education framework for, for grades K through three, which stated that, quote, some children in kindergarten and even younger have identified as transgender or understand they have a gender identity that is different from their sex assigned at birth. And you end quote. And you wonder why that that's taking place, because they themselves have already admitted that they are educating kids on sex and gender as early as kindergarten. And now they're acting like surprised. Oh, well, it's, it's funny that these kids are now questioning their gender identity as male or female, which, which is what God has established. And, and now we're acting like we don't know why they're questioning that when they themselves are indoctrinating them into lies and, and teaching them in the school system. C. Scott Miller, a fifth grade public school teacher and liaison to the California Teachers Association, explained why children are not necessarily encouraged to share their gender identity with parents. Quote, this is from a teacher in the public school system right now. As much as parents want to have rights, what they need to do is be involved in the process. It's not the school's obligation to call up an out of kid to a parent because you're not sending that kid home to the gay pride parade. You're sending them home to somewhere that's going to be very unsafe with a lot of misinformation, a lot of anger, and it's not just and it's just not going to be a safe place for that kid. Elsewhere, he's, he was even more blunt. Now, listen to this. He says, even parents that come in and say, I don't want my kid to be called that. That's nice. But the parental right ended when those children were enrolled in public school. Now, again, I'm not going to make a law where there is no law. I'm not because the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not send your children to public school. 
but at least be aware of what is going on in the public school so that you know how to combat what children are being taught. Because this teacher is saying that your parental right ended as soon as you enrolled your kid in public school. That You don't have the right to, to uh, teach your children uh, basic sexual ethics founded on the, the law of God beginning in Genesis 1 where he made male and female. And that was very good. That's what God established. This teacher is saying that your right ended when you enrolled the, your kid into his school system. Because he, he now has the right. He has the power. He has the, he has the authority to edu- educate your kid on what is right on what is right regarding sex, sex and gender, and will do so and continue to do so uh, until he's, you know, until he's stopped. Therapists and medical professionals have also embraced the idea that they must not in any way challenge their parents, their patients' beliefs or desires with respect to their gender identity, even when that pa- patient is a child. The standard of affirmative case asks, or quote, asks, asks against much evidence and sometimes contrary to their beliefs on the matter that mental health professionals affirm not only the patient's self-diagnosis of dysphoria, but also the accuracy of the patient's perception. Affirmative care compels therapists to endorse a falsehood, not that a teenage girl feels more comfortable presenting as a boy, but that she actually is a boy. So this is what's happening in the medical profession. And this article continues and it says this standard has been adopted by the American Medical Association, the American College of Physicians, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychological Association and the Pediatric Endocrine Society, who have all endorsed gender affirming care as the standard for treating patients who self identify as transgender or self diagnose as gender dysphoric. So if you think this is just staying in the little school system and, and, it's, and, and it's not going to really go out into the quote unquote real world, it's already made it to the real world. We have doctors and, and uh, the America, American Medical Association, Psychological Association, they are, they are now accepting this as a standard of care for somebody who comes in. You know what? I'm, I'm, you know, clearly I'm a man. God made me a man. But if I go into a doctor's office and I say, well, I'm a woman, treat me as a woman they are going to be forced to treat me as a woman, even though I have none, none of the characteristics of a, of a woman, genetically speaking, because, of, but because they have bought into the lie of how this is going on, uh, of how you should identify somebody who is a male as a female, if they so choose, they're going to go along with it because they are also part of the deception. They are also part of the lie, and they will, apparently have not even fought back because this is the standard that is going on within these associations, which is really a scary thing. Once you have doctors who are now accepting this kind of lie, how are you going to treat a patient if you're not going to treat them as who they are genetically, who God made them to be? And this has continued through uh, all kinds of avenues. So people that are questioning this are being silenced or being canceled. Their, their jobs are being lost. Um, Dr. Lisa Lisa Lippman, who I mentioned earlier, she had her article pulled from Brown University because of the, the backlash that she received. Um, there's a guy, Dr. Kenneth Zucker, who wrote uh, an entry on gender dysphoria for the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Uh, he wrote a uh, he wrote an entry for gender dysphoria and the standards of care for the World Professional Association. And he lost his job and his clinic was shut down because of the uh, the anger and the furor that was aimed at him. Um, and even people that support some of the LGBTQ lettering, uh, they get canceled. Like Martina Navratilova, who was a lesbian tennis, she wrote an article in the Sunday Times saying that it would be unfair to let biologically male athletes compete against biological women. She was labeled a bigot and a transphobe, and now she, you know she, one of her sponsors, Athlete Ally, dropped her. So the more people are even questioning, even though people are kind of in league with them, are part of the LGBT. Q cult, 
even though they're part of that group, because they're not affirming everybody in that group in a way that the people feel they need to be affirmed, they themselves are also being pushed out of their own group, that they probably even paved the way to get started here in the country. And so uh, he ends the article by talking about how that um, at th he says at this point, progressives may be may begin feeling uncomfortable. Everything in our culture, all of the approved people are presenting us with a vision, a moral vision of tolerance and love and acceptance and affirmation. But real love is always rooted in truth. And that's exactly what First Corinthians 13 says. It says love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. So if somebody really loves you, they will tell you the truth. They will tell you that you were made by God. You were made by God as a male with male genitalia or as a female with female genitalia. And you were made for his his glory, for his purpose. You have you have value because God has placed infinite value on you. He's giving you a soul. He's giving you a mind. He's giving you uh, intellect and reason to understand who he is and to worship him, worship him as savior and as Lord. And even, even if you are disabled, you are still made in the image of God because you are human. You were loved and you were created for a purpose that God himself uh, has ordained. And so when people are telling you lies, they're not, they're, they don't love you. People that lie to you don't love you. People that want you to deceive your parents and deceive uh, people in your life that, that ought to love you and probably most likely do love you. They're not showing that they love you. They're showing that they hate you, want you to fall and want you to stumble and want you to be and uh, live a life that is ruined. And it's terrible that uh, kids are not being taught uh, completely opposite uh, uh, on the basic sexual uh, nature that God has given them. And they're being taught the, to, to shun it and to reject it and to not even allow their, their parents or anybody to contradict what they feel about themselves when they're just children. I mean, children are children. They're adolescents. I wasn't a, a, a teenager that long ago, and I had a lot of dumb thoughts that went through my mind. I did a lot of dumb things, said a lot of dumb things that I would uh, be held that I'll be held accountable for. Um, so, if my parents were, were were just to affirm everything I wanted to do, I may be dead right now, and not even be on this podcast. But because they actually loved me and wanted me to know the truth and wanted me to learn about God and learn about His Word. That's what they did, and I was able to escape all the kinds of confusion that are now assaulting the children today. So we have to remember that we are in a war of lies versus truth, and our job is to stand with the truth, stand firm for what is true, and continue to push forward until Jesus himself comes back as the truth and establishes and shows the world that he truly is Lord of all. So thank you for listening today, and I want to remind you that we have a another Doulos View coming out on Sunday. I'm interviewing Angel Silva, who is a teacher at our church, teaches a Sunday school class, and he is also a seminary student at the Master's Seminary. And he will sit down with me and we'll talk about his life, his background, how he came to know uh, Christ, how he came to uh, desire to be a pastor. And now, now as he's working out using the gift that God has given him to teach and, uh, and how that all transpired in his life. It was a very interesting conversation. I think you'll love hearing about Angel. He's a really great brother, a genuine brother who loves Christ, loves the Lord, loves his brothers and sisters, loves his, loves his wife and daughter. And, and I kind of counted it honor as being one of his friends. So give it a listen and and uh, we'll see you on Sunday at, uh, at uh, three o'clock on YouTube or on, or on Facebook. So give it a listen and we'll see you on the next episode of Do Loss.